Welcome to The God Solution, where we discuss answers to humanity's questions about God and God's answers for humanity's questions. I'm Nate Herbst, and I'm so glad you're listening. Last week, we talked about the frightening topic of hell, so we're going to lighten it up a bit. This week, we're going to talk about the amazing concept of heaven and the reality of what the Bible says about heaven. Now, we all have terrible misconceptions about heaven, and heaven is going to be a lot better than any of us could ever, ever imagine. So a lot of us have come to believe that heaven is just a place where we sit in God's presence for eternity and nothing fun ever happens. Just a place where we go when we die. It's better than hell, but it probably won't be that much fun. A lot of people think heaven is going to be boring. Some people think that we can have no real idea about what's going to happen in heaven. You'll find out today that that is not true. The Bible tells us a whole lot about heaven, and this will just be scratching the surface. A lot of times people think that there won't be any memory of the past, that will be disembodied spirits floating around, that heaven is just a place where we're going to sing and strum harps for all of eternity, that everyone wears a toga or a Middle Eastern style robe, a place where we will know everything and there will be no more learning, a place where we will be perfect so there will be no challenge. Who wants to live a life without challenge, right? I've actually had people tell me that. A place like Eden, no technology, just a jungle with warm temperatures. One big eternal church service is the way a lot of other people might view heaven. And a place where we'll be singing forever to God, that'll be it. A place where all relationships will be equal, where you won't have any special friends. A place where we will lose relationships with our spouse, those dear to us, those we knew on this earth, where we won't have the same closeness that we had with them. Most of those perspectives are dead wrong. Heaven is going to be an amazing place, and we really can know a lot of what Scripture says about heaven. And a lot of people that have come to the conclusion that we can't really know what heaven's going to be like haven't really studied what Scripture has to say about it. Now, I'm just coming off having read an amazing book by Randy Alcorn called Heaven. It was a mind-blowing book that I would encourage every single one of you to read. So check out Heaven by Randy Alcorn. It will blow your mind, and you'll be excited like you've never been before about the reality of what Scripture says about heaven. Heaven is going to be flat-out unbelievably amazing and awesome. A lot of us live without any perspective whatsoever on what will happen after this life. We have no eternal perspective. And if we view heaven as boring, we're going to live this life like this life is all we have to live for. And we're not going to live with something greater than this life in mind. So how should we live with a perspective about heaven and eternity? Well, Hebrews 11, verses 13 through 16, gives us a good perspective on living with heaven in mind. It says, all these people, talking about people that live by faith, were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things that they were promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on this earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. See, we have a country and a city that will be far better than anything we've ever seen here. And I can live with that perspective not trying to live selfishly on this planet, but rather living unselfishly with heaven in mind. See, my perspective of eternity with God should cause me to live for him today. 
and Philippians 3, we're told that in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. In Philippians 1, we're told, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. How amazing will heaven be that I could even look at it and say, it would be better to die. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. This is what Paul told the Philippians. And the reality that Paul experienced is even when he was being threatened with death for being obedient to God. And again, we've said this before, but this year, 180,000 Christians will die for their faith. And Paul, in that similar situation, and he did end up going on to be martyred for his faith, was able to say, to die and go to be with Jesus is better by far than anything I could experience here. For to me, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. So why aren't we excited about heaven? We've believed too many misconceptions about heaven, like I stated in the beginning. Randy Alcorn puts it this way. We have settled on an image of the never-ending sing-along in the sky, one great hymn after another, forever and ever, amen. And our heart sinks, forever and ever, that's it? That's the good news? And we sigh and feel guilty that we are not more spiritual. We lose heart and we turn once more to the present to find what life we can. So the idea is that we are almost bored with our own misconception of heaven. If we really knew what heaven was like, we would not be bored at all with that concept, and we'd be excited for heaven. So a lot of times Christians have misunderstood verses, like 1 Corinthians 2.9, which says that no eye is seen, no ear is heard, no mind is conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. They forget to go on to the next verse, which says that he's revealed them to us through his Holy Spirit, talking about God's word. So the reality is I can know a lot. Obviously, I can't know everything about what heaven will be like, but I can know a lot about what it will be like based in Scripture. So what will it be like? What does Scripture say that heaven will be like? Well, Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. So we have this perspective within us to desire eternity and to desire a life with God forever. All cultures long for something better than this world, and heaven really will be much better than this world. We are never satisfied with the life we see around us. We're always looking for more. There's a longing for a perfect relationship, even though none of us have ever seen a perfect relationship. Along with that desire for eternity, it seems that we also have a desire for this earth. We've been told very often that that is wrong, that this earth is sinful and that we'll all go to heaven and it'll be much better. In reality, we will be on what the scripture calls a new earth for all of eternity, a new heaven and a new earth. And that new earth will be amazing. It'll be this earth rebirthed. That's what scripture seems to say. Just like every person that puts their trust in Christ will be made a new creation, so this earth will be made a new earth, a perfect earth, without any of the problems associated with sin, without any of the problems associated with the curse. It will be a perfect earth, just like God always intended for it to be. In Romans eight nineteen through 22, we're told about the new earth. We're told that all creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. 
We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. And then Revelation 21 talks about a new heaven and a new earth. Isaiah 65 tells us, Behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. That's God speaking. And John describes this earth saying that there will be rivers and lakes and mountains and meadows and forests and cities and countries there, that there will even be weather there. Revelation 21 talks about some of those geographical features. And in Ezekiel chapter 34, we're told about seasons and rain on the new earth. So there's going to be a new earth, which will be like this earth, except perfect without any of its problems. We'll still be able to explore and have adventures and enjoy the sun and enjoy the moon and the stars and all this earth has to offer. But we'll also be able to enjoy much, much more. Hebrews 11 says that there will be countries in heaven. It also says that there will be cities in heaven, as does Revelation 21. There will be different cultures in heaven. So for all of us that love different cultures, and I grew up traveling all around the world. I spent about half of my pre-college life outside the United States. I love different cultures, and it's one of my favorite things about traveling, getting to see different cultures. So there will be culture in heaven. In Revelation 21, we're told that nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor to it. So we're hearing about nations and kings and each person bringing something different, right? And the glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. And Revelation 5, 9 says, And with your blood you purchased men from every tribe and language and people and nation. So again, all the different cultural diversity that exists on this planet today, that same cultural diversity will exist in heaven, we're told. In Revelation 7, 9, it says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language. So the picture that we get of heaven is cultural, national, and linguistic diversity all together glorifying God, all together worshiping God, all together sharing their cultures, and all together sharing their different diverse attributes that made them so unique on this earth, but in a way that glorifies the God that created those diversities in the first place. So there will be culture in heaven. When scripture talks about the new heavens, and we quoted that a few minutes ago, it uses the same wording that we find in Genesis to discuss the stars, sun, and galaxies. So in heaven, there will be stars and galaxies. There will be universes. In the Bible, it tells us that there will be technology in heaven. I don't know what kind of technology there will be in heaven. I'm not sure if it will be cars. I'm not sure what will be there. But we're told about some specific technological inventions that will be in heaven. The Bible tells us there will be trumpets in heaven. There will be books in heaven. There will be streets in heaven. There will be measuring rods in heaven. And there will be buildings in heaven. Now, if those man-made inventions are going to exist in heaven, why wouldn't other man-made inventions also exist in heaven? And get this, we will be able to continue using and developing those in heaven. So talking about the universe that we can only experience from afar at this point, I guess we can go to the moon, but over an entire eternity, using minds that are not hindered by sin, might we be able to develop the technology to go to the furthest reaches of the universe, which will still be expanding because his creation has no end, and we'll read more about that in a minute, to experience different attributes of God's character found throughout the universe that are seen nowhere else? A lot of people would say that's very likely going to be the reality in heaven, that we'll be able to create different technology 
and that from there we could even use that technology to glorify God and to find out more about him. So heaven will be an amazing adventure, and we probably will be able to look into all the reaches of the universe to discover more and more and more about God's creative attributes and how amazing he is. There will be exploration in heaven. Isaiah 9, 7 says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So as his creation increases in eternity, we will be able to continue exploring the deepness of God's character and individuality and his creation. In Psalm 19, 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Right, So we've landed on the moon, and we have the capabilities of landing robots on Mars. I don't think we're going to be any stupider in heaven. In fact, Scripture tells us the opposite of that. So what will we be able to do with that intellectual capacity and technological capacity in eternity to explore the universe that God has created and is creating? Now, talking about that creation, God is by nature an artist or an engineer. He is by nature creative. And as he creates, it shows us his very own nature in Romans 1.20. We're told that all of nature reveals God's invisible attributes, the characteristics of his very nature. And so in heaven, we will be able to investigate and learn and discover and find more and more and more about his creation. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The God Solution here on KDUR 91.9 and 93.9 FM and KDUR.org online. And we're talking about heaven this week. It's a great topic, and I'm glad you're listening So what about us? What will we be like in heaven? Well, there will be no sin in heaven. Revelation 21 says nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful. Last week we talked about hell and how no sin would be tolerable in God's presence. On the flip side of that, in heaven there will be no sin. In heaven there will be only perfection. There will be no pain. There will be no gossip. There will be no slander. There will be no broken relationships. There will be no being used by other people. There will be nothing but pure love. Suffering, pain, and death will be gone. We're promised in Scripture that God will wipe away every tear from our eyes in heaven and that there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. We will have a body. We're told that in 1 Corinthians 15. I don't know how much it will be like Jesus' resurrected body, but that is a picture that we see of a resurrected body here on this earth, a body that ate, drank, was recognized. It was Jesus' same physical body, but resurrected into a new body. And even after that, Jesus' body was glorified. Jesus was glorified. You can read about that in John 17. So we might not have identical bodies to his, but that's one picture Scripture gives of a resurrected body. Philippians 3.21 says, Who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body. So we don't know exactly what our bodies will be like, but they will be like his glorious body. We will have memories. In Revelation 6.9-11, through 11, it says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, How long, Sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? These are people that have been martyred for their faith in Christ. Well, we see some real descriptions of what heaven will be like here. We will have memories. We will remember things that happened in this life. So that's a little bit about who will be in heaven. 
We'll have a body. We'll have memories. There won't be any suffering, pain, death. None of that will be there. There will be no more sin. The Bible tells us we're going to worship God in heaven. Now, we have a misconception about worship that it is nothing but singing. And that makes a lot of us, especially me, who does not have a great voice, think that I don't want to sing for eternity. Well, the good news is that worship is not singing, but rather a life of doing what God wants me to do. Now, in heaven, I'm actually going to have a purpose. I'm actually going to have things to do in heaven. We'll get into some of those in a minute. It'll be a lot more than singing. I won't just be sitting around singing, but I will have a purpose, and there will be things to do throughout my day to serve God and to glorify him. Think about the greatest line of work that you could ever imagine for yourself, your perfect job, the job that would give you the most satisfaction. And in heaven, you will have a job that surpasses that, a job so suited to who you are that nothing could bring you more pleasure. In Genesis 4, 17, it says, Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. Work on this earth is not necessarily fun. If you have a job doing something you love, then that is awesome. I do, and I love it, but a lot of people don't, and work isn't fun for a lot of people on this earth. Well, in eternity, in Revelation 22, 3, we're told there will no longer be any curse. So there will no longer be any pain and toil and work like there is today. But our work in heaven will be thrilling. It will be the greatest potential work that could ever be created for us to do. In Revelation 7.15, it says, They are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. We will serve him continually as we work in heaven. Our work there will be satisfying, and we will learn new things and get to share them with others. It will be amazing. You also will be able to enjoy relaxing and freedom from that work. But you will have work in heaven, work that will glorify God, work that will not be painful and strenuous. Those things came as a result of the fall. But work that will be exactly what you love to do, and it will be done for the right purpose. It will be amazing. That's kind of what the Bible means by worship. In Luke 16, 19-31, we hear about this rich man that went to hell and a poor beggar that used to sit at his doorstep begging that went to heaven. And this passage talks literally about heaven and hell. And it talks about this man having thoughts, identity, memories, awareness, all those types of things in continuity from his past. In Matthew 6.19, it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. So we know heaven is going to be an amazing place and we literally can store up for ourselves treasures there now, knowing that there will be no thieves or no decay in heaven. Now, in Matthew 16, we're told the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. In Matthew 25, we're told the parable of the talents, where each person was rewarded for what he had done. Now, whatever we do on this planet will be rewarded for in eternity. And in heaven, we will reap the rewards of everything we did for Christ on this earth. And there will be a continuity to what we did for him on this earth, and our work in heaven, or our purpose there, will be continued from the same purpose that we had here in this life, which was to do everything that we do for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. 
So heaven will be a place where we actually do have work to do, and that work will be the perfect job that you've ever wanted for yourself times infinity. It'll be better than anything you could ever imagine. We are going to learn in heaven. We won't know everything. God will know everything, but we won't know everything in heaven. Again, we talked about Revelation chapter 6 and verses 9 through 11. We can draw a lot out from that passage and realize that although all of our knowledge in heaven will be perfect, we won't believe anything mistakenly like we can on this earth. We also, at the same time, will not have perfect knowledge. We will not know everything. So what we do know in heaven will be correct. We won't have any imperfect knowledge. But at the same time, we won't know everything. We'll still be able to learn. Again, that passage in Revelation 6, 9 through 11, where we heard about the martyrs, they were asking God questions, implying that they had the capacity to learn. They are able to learn. In 1 Corinthians 13, 12, it says, Now we see, but a poor reflection is in a mirror. Then we will see face to face. Now we know in part, then we will know fully, even as I am fully known. So the right translation for that word would say that we would know in a full way or in an intensive way. It doesn't mean we'll know everything, but what we do know will be void of misconceptions. We won't know any wrong knowledge. All of the knowledge we have will be correct, but we still won't know everything. In Ephesians 2, verses 6 through 7, it says, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. The word used there for show really means reveal. It implies that in the coming ages in heaven, he will continue revealing to us the riches of his grace. So on day one in heaven, a lot will be revealed to us. A lot will be shown to us. We will learn a whole lot. But a billion years later, we will still be learning. We will still be seeing more and more and more of who God is. It'll be amazing. God made us learners. He made us desire to investigate, to explore, to create, and to build. All those things will be happening in heaven. We will have different abilities in heaven. Not everyone will be the same. Everyone will be equal in God's sight, but not all of us will be the same. You are unique now. You will be even more unique there. And will make relationships even more satisfying as every individual in heaven will uniquely display God's attributes in amazing ways, making every relationship a new opportunity to experience a new attribute of God. It will be phenomenal, and relationships in heaven will be deeply satisfying in a way that they can never be on this earth. We'll be learning new activities. Who knows? Maybe I'll be able to learn to surf or dive in heaven, supposing I don't learn those here on this earth. The fact that we will learn in heaven makes me think that we will also have limitations in heaven. We won't know everything, and we won't be able necessarily to do everything. There might be some limitations in our knowledge, our bodies, etc., and we'll be able to grow in different areas. It means that the boredom of perfection will not be there. What we have will be perfect, but we will also be able to continue growing and developing in new areas. The Bible tells us there will be time in heaven. Again, looking at that same passage in Revelation 6, 9 through 11, the martyrs said, when, God? And so there was time in heaven. They're asking the question, when? The Bible says that we will rule with God. This was part of God's original plan. In Genesis 1, verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. 
rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So that was the original idea. We screwed that up with sin. What does it mean to subdue? It means to manipulate resources, to explore, to be in control of the universe that's around us. Well, in heaven, we'll be able to rule with God in the way he always intended. We will literally be able to lead diligently alongside God and under him and under his control, but alongside him in what he desires to accomplish in eternity in 2 Timothy 2.12, it says, If we endure, we will also reign with him. So we will reign with him. We're told in Luke 19 that the faithful servants were given more cities. They were given cities to manage. So maybe in heaven, we too will manage cities. We will manage resources. We will manage nature. This was God's idea in the beginning, and it will be perfect in heaven. In Revelation 21.24, it says, The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor to it. Talking about kings in heaven, talking about nations in heaven. So there will be areas that we will rule with Christ and reign with him in heaven. In addition to ruling with God, in addition to exploring, relationships in heaven will be unbelievable. First and foremost, we're going to be in a relationship with God himself, a face-to-face relationship an intimate relationship where nothing can come between me and the creator of the universe. It will be unbelievable. Intimacy with God will be unrestrained. It will be the most satisfying relationship that you've ever experienced. And everything we enjoy in heaven, a lot of what we talked about today, the different things that we will experience in heaven, will all be attributes of our God and Savior. And when we enjoy those... At their core, we're enjoying God, and we will be enjoying God. In addition to enjoying those attributes of God in all that we do, we will be enjoying him face-to-face for all of eternity. It will be unfathomable. Every person that I meet in heaven, I will also be able to relate to without sin that destroys relationships on this planet, and I'll be able to engage in a relationship with them as they, too, will exhibit different attributes of God's character in a very unique and satisfying way. And there's nothing in scripture that would lead us to believe that I won't have deep friendships with those that meant a lot to me on this planet. In all likelihood, I will be very close to those that I know here on this earth and have relationships with on this earth. Scripture tells us there won't be marriage in heaven as far as human marriages. Obviously, we will have kind of a spiritual version of that as we will be the bride of Christ But take, for example, my marriage to Aaron. Aaron means more than anything in this world to me. Our marriage on this earth will not exist in that capacity in heaven. But we will have a unique, close relationship in heaven, as far as we can tell from Scripture. We will be friends forever in heaven. And she'll probably be one of my best friends forever, second only to Jesus himself. So relationships in heaven will be amazing. Wow, we've talked about a lot today. As you think about the amazing reality that heaven is going to be for everybody that puts their trust in Christ, I want to remind you of how you can be sure that you will experience that eternity with him in this amazing place that we've been talking about. The Bible says God loves you, and the Bible also says that you and I are sinners and that our sin separates us from him. If that were the end then we would spend all of eternity separated from him. That's what we talked about last week when we talked about hell. 
But for everyone that chooses to say, I put my trust in you, Jesus. See, Jesus died and he paid for all of our sins. He rose again on that third day, conquering death so that every one of us could have an eternity with him. Now, every one of us who trusts in him can be guaranteed and can be confident that we'll experience this eternity in what the Bible promises is heaven. So I would encourage you, if you've never taken that step to meet Jesus, please do that today. Please tell him, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Come into my heart, forgive my sins, be my Savior and Lord. And the second you put your trust in him, the Bible says you can be guaranteed of living for eternity with him in heaven. If you'd like to look into more, I would encourage you to visit eternityimpact.blogspot.com. That's eternityimpact.blogspot.com. And check out one of the local churches this morning. If you've never been to New Hope, check them out. They meet at the Storyteller 9 Durango Theater. That's over by the mall, the big theater. They meet there at 10 a.m. this morning. Please visit New Hope if you get a chance and tell Dana and Rob that we say hi. Well, it was fun talking about heaven and... I don't know about you, but I can't wait. It will be amazing. Thanks again for listening today. I hope you'll listen in next week. Have a wonderful Sunday.